1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else.
2: What's up, San Diego? Welcome in on this Tuesday afternoon. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby with you for four hours. And uh, hopefully there'll be some um, actual... Hot stove baseball news. Right now, this is um, not my favorite part of, of of the winter meetings. Right? It's just you don't a, like all the rumors. It's Just a bunch of people making up stuff. Yeah,
3: they really and throwing are throwing
2: it out there and, and putting things together that may or may not be true. But because Reese it,
3: Hoskins is a Cub, Seth Lugo is a Red Sox. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, they just are in the rumor world. Or or you get news like
2: Dodgers and Otani met for two to three hours.
3: Yeah, that Maybe kind that of this- news. I think that's int- I think that's interesting, though. You actually. Do. Well, here's why, because Shohei Ohtani made it clear that he didn't want anybody and any team and any organization talking about him meeting with them. But apparently, Dave Roberts acknowledged today that they did meet with Shohei Ohtani, as you said, a couple of days ago for a couple of hours. So he's the first person to divulge even the most basic information
2: uh, we'll about
3: what... Otani, and this whole thing has been playing out in secrecy. If Otani's true to his world or true to his word, Tony, yeah. he should x the Dodgers off his list. <laughs> and of course, that's I what agree. we want. That's what we want to hear. Anyway, I mean that that would be a, not a nightmare scenario for the Padres, but the last place we want him to go is the Dodgers. Yeah, the, the you know the, anybody else, but not there. The ESPN article.
2: Goes on to say uh, that Dave Robbins acknowledged that they met yeah. with Shohei a couple days
3: ago. Not become, allowed to do that, becoming Dave. Becoming
2: the first person right. to divulge even the most basic information about the highly talented agent. Now, I know, Dave, personally, I would like to believe that They've got an okay before going in front of the press. And yeah, doing I'd, something. Be, I'd
3: be surprised if Dave Roberts was that loose-lipped. <laughs> I would be. In too. a situation like this with everything at now, stake. The, but the, the, who
2: knows? The opposite happened with uh, John Schneider, the manager for the Blue Jays. He wouldn't even acknowledge that he knew who Sha- Shohei was. <laughs> who? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Show who? So, uh, That's funny. Obviously. Um, Obviously, this is this is where we're at, and uh, until that particular domino falls,
3: yeah, looks like everything else is on hold.
2: Everything else is going to be on. Yeah, hold, somebody like.
3: somebody send a uh, private jet, fly Sammy uh, Levitt home.
2: Yeah, he, he's not going to be. He's doing just running much around looking anything.
3: for late night meals right now in Nashville. <laughs> if he's finding anything, if he's finding anything, yeah. No, it's it's really it's kind of it's kind of frustrating, but. I in a lot of ways look they have the winter meetings so that these guys can all get together and talk but the but the interesting thing is you know Tony and I know and I think most listeners probably realize a trade or a free agent signing does not have to happen during the winter meetings. That's right. Just, the, it's not, the parameters can be put together. It can be, yeah. it, but you can put the parameters together after the winter meetings. You can put the free agent offer in whenever you like to. The winter meetings are just a way for these all guys all to meet in the same location, kind of shake hands, say hello to each other. But the winter meetings are not a window. That is open, you know, only for that time to make trades and free agent. Now, if that were the case, then we'd get the flurry of activity that we're thinking about that we're going to get. But really, like you said, until Otani signs and everybody knows what the market is, you know, very few teams are going to be willing to step outside their comfort zone and make a move. Yeah, because
2: I mean, when you're talking about a guy like Shohei Otani, which is at least reportedly going to cost you somewhere between four hundred and fifty. And 500 plus million. Yeah. Um, him being on your team can actually decide whether you are going to spend elsewhere or bring someone else right. in. So, Or
3: guess what? What if Otani were to sign for $10 million and you already gave Seth Lugo $25 million? <laughs> Now you look like an idiot. Right. You definitely don't You know, want that. I know Otani's not going to sign for $10 million, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, everybody wants to see what the top dog is going to get before they're willing to hand out a bunch of cash. Right. So. And that goes
2: for the players too. They they want to see what the top dog cuz right? he's going to set the market. And he's so going to set it for everybody. Everybody else uh, will follow suit. So we'll keep you updated on anything that pops up here in the next 4 hours. But I am
3: I am I'm holding uh, Shohei's uh, feet to the fire on this one. Yeah. If he go, if he ends up signing with the Dodgers, I'm going to call BS on his on his, you know, statement that uh, there's to be no discussion now to be of me talking with any team out there because now there has been discussion about the Dodgers to be fair. We never
2: actually heard from Shohei on that particular thing. We, it was reported. That oh, okay. He was oh, well certainly. That, right. that could
3: be different. Yeah. Then. So,
2: and so he has that to kind of fall, fall back on if he changes. <laughs> if the Dodgers <laughs> offer him the most money.
3: It's so hilarious to me, Tony. I mean, you've been around it for, for years and years, your dad and, and the whole thing. I mean, your dad was one of the guys that didn't take the most money, right? He was one of the very few, you know, passed up on opportunities, despite. From what my sources tell me, his own son telling him to leave. (laughs) I I have a good source on that one who told me that his own son even said, Dad, you have my permission to go to Cleveland. And he didn't do it. But 95% of the players, I, I don't know if that number's too high, but I don't think it is, wind up taking what is the best money offer. Do they not? I mean, most most players, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's all about. Well, I want to be here. I want to be there. I want to be in this situation. I want to be in that situation. But it's really not. It's about who offers the best, you know, the I most think, bang for the buck. I think once it once
2: a player dwindles down, who's interested and in where he wants to go. Yes, it
3: then becomes about out of that group. Right. I guess you could just eliminate a team. Yeah. Uh, like if if the Rockies you know, come out with a Chris Bryant offer, maybe Shohei Otani's going to still say no. Yeah. I just don't want to go to that I, crappy that of just, an organization. That doesn't
2: seem like a good fit Yeah, that's for a me.
3: crappy organization, even though they will offer me the most money. But if it comes down to, you know, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Cubs, right. that's the Angels, story. he's going to probably take as much as he can get. Right.
2: And, and, you know, that's the kind of way it goes, you guys, great.
4: Well, uh, someone in San Diego has already done their share in trying to get Shohei Otani to town. Did you guys see the, the new street that was uh, possibly going to be the, named the, after yeah, him? The, the possible street? Yeah, yes, I saw that. Yes. So if you're that. on the freeway, so I, I'm not sure where this is, but I do see Claremont Mesa Boulevard exit. And there's a sign that says, Convoy Asian Cultural District next to exits. And underneath it, it says, Future Shohei Otani Boulevard. So, yeah.
3: I know exactly where they're talking about because it's uh, pretty close to this particular neighborhood. Yes, it's very close to where we are right here. And uh, there's a lot of uh, Asian restaurants there, really good Asian restaurants. And uh, Conway, right there, south of the 52. One of my final
4: meals, Chris, was... uh Remember we, on Friday, Tony. Our countdown was top five last meals, and one of mine was a big old plate of Chinese food. So before I got on this uh, SD fat loss diet, I ate a big old <laughs> plate of Chinese good food on
3: his last meal. That's why we did Can that countdown. Can I say countdown.
4: something about Shohei Otani that's not popular? Do we want to hear this? I think it needs to be said. Oh, you think?
2: Okay, go
3: ahead. Have
4: at it. I don't think he's a good fit for this team. I personally don't think he's a good fit for any team. with the what? amount. No, with the amount of money he's requiring, I don't think that he is going to live up to the contract. I just don't think it's going to so happen. So if he
2: does what he's done the last three years? For the next 10? Then I'm in. No, not for the next 10. Nobody who gets a 10-year place all 10 years at that level. No one. It's never been so what done. if he never? What if he can't
4: pitch to the level he did before because he's coming off of another Tommy John surgery?
3: Well, he's not going to pitch next season at all, right? But I mean, when you think about the fact that he's hit 114 home runs over the last three years, who's next on that list? I mean, Aaron Judge. All right, Aaron Judge. But you know what I mean? I mean, th- this guy is uh, this guy's a powerhouse that's going to carry a line. He's going to change the complexion of any team's lineup. Is he not for for the immediate future? But not. But the immediate future future might be five years. I I mean, you want it to be for ten, and Tony's right. He's not going to be when he's at the age of uh, uh, thirty-eight. He's probably not going to be you know popping forty-six home runs anymore. I would think you know
4: if I see one more Xander Bogarts is the reason this team isn't going to succeed. His contract,
2: like signing Shohei Otani, to me is the same thing. Well, it's not his contract. It's that those people who are tweeting that are saying he's not going to be productive with that contract which i fully believe he's going to be productive i do too so i mean that's uh, listen i don't i think shohei is going to be just fine now whether he pitches and comes back to the level after having tommy john we seen we seen pitchers do it now inevitably when you're signing a two-way player like this which <laughs> he's the first of his kind to hit free agency i'm pretty sure right um You have to weigh the risk that he won't be able to sustain this level doing both things the rest of the way. However,
3: that had to cost him a little money. That had to cost him a little. However,
2: if he's still going to give you what he gave you offensively at the level he gave it to you offensively. I think you you're still still, fitting, still Scrapey, sitting still sitting
3: Keep this in mind: only three guys in all of Major League Baseball had an OPS over a thousand last year: Ronald Acuna Jr., Corey Seager, and Otani. And Otani had the best of anybody. On top of that, he had 20 stolen bases. This guy still provides you some base running as well. Uh, His slugging percentage was 654. That was the best in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, He's clearly 91 walks, which is right up there among the leaders. Soto led, of course, with 132. He's clearly, if not the best offensive weapon in the entire game, even if he doesn't pitch at all.
4: I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I mean, the offensive side is a whole different thing. But they're paying. Teams are going you're to be saying paying he's for, not worth it. I'm saying that I don't believe he's going to be able to live up to the big contract because there is no idea of whether or not he's going to come back and be a Cy Young type pitcher after his injury. So again, so you're, you're just paying for offense only. Like I would love to know how they're negotiating this contract. If you let me pitch ask you a certain question. amount let of innings me or whatever,
2: do you if Ronald Acuna Jr. Was, let's say he didn't sign the the deal that he signed, and he was up a free agent. Would he be worth that kind of money? $500? 450, <sighs> $500? I don't know about no. Aren't we? No it, one is. No one is. Well, we okay. go back to in, when Mike Trout in, got signed for in over five hundred. Life. Million. Okay, maybe no one is, but in baseball life, clearly someone is. They yeah. were talking about the same number for Juan Soto. Am I not? Am I missing? Did I not hear? You that? are not.
3: Was, Soto's getting up. He's going to be three fifty-four, maybe five. That's what I'm saying. So if he's going to be there, Ohtani's got to be there, even if he doesn't throw another pitch. So imagine if he if he's only half the pitcher that
2: he was before. Yes, he, got he only hurt.
3: wins fifteen games and has an ERA of three instead of twenty games with an ERA of two. I, mean, I as think- long as he's hitting forty plus
4: home runs a year, All right. driving in runs. Uh, your this- your
3: point is understandable in the in the don't in, don't in be, tread, tread lightly, Chris. I with am, the and, insult and the,
4: you're about to throw no, my way, I'm not way. throwing an insult. No, he's, at about you. To, he's about to. Really I'm telling you that in the
3: realm of the real world, right. five hundred million dollars is ridiculous. But in the realm of the world we're talking, it is far from that. Here, I got something
4: from Ken Rosenthal earlier today that I was reading. Uh, he wrote an article about why why Soto needs to be traded. And he's going that route because he said multiple times he thinks it's going to happen. But he is saying that uh, like a guy like Cody Bellinger, MLBTradeRumors.com, is projecting he's going to receive a 12-year, $264 million deal.
3: Is that... Would you pay that for I Cody Bollinger? I would not, but not because the money's too much. Because 12 years? Because he hasn't shown the consistency. I would not because he's right. He hasn't shown the consistency. He did it one year after three years of not being able to get the ball out of the infield. So to me, that would be far too risky. Otani has been consistently the top slugger in baseball, along with Aaron Judge, For the last three or four years. While also punching a good track record in pretty much every start, (laughs) about 10 of them. I'm with you. I love Shohei Otani, the
4: player. Doesn't Doesn't sound sound like it. it. If you could tell me four years from now, he's going to have good stats offensively and decent stats pitching, pay the man. But you can't know that. Five
2: years out of a 10 year deal, and he's doing that, it's worth it.
4: I
3: will agree with you on that. If If he's doing this,
4: yeah it's worth cuz he's probably up for MVP maybe th- one and, or two more times without a doubt.
3: And are you telling me that if the Padres somehow finagle their way into the sweepstakes, oh, I'm going to cheer and it and on like crazy. We report one day that Shohei Otani <laughs> is coming to the Padres. I'm going to
4: cheer it on. I'm uh, going to be the, I'm going to be the first one there to
2: say hello to him. <laughs> uh-huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh I hope John uh, Morosi Mar- Mar- will join us here shortly. I just got a text from him. I haven't got a chance to open it yet. Okay. I'm hoping it's not something saying. Should oh, y- he should be good to okay, go. Good, 240. Good. All right. So- live updating right there. <laughs> John Morosi uh, will join us uh, at 240. Daily Gambit. We got a fantabulous sports game show. Coming yeah. off a of
4: championship, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. champ is here. Champ, champ is here. Wait, last one? Yeah, Strangely, right. I her the one champ is yeah. Okay, Yeah.
2: Strangely, the, the reigning
3: champ is Scraby right now. You'll have a chance to turn that around again today, Tony.
2: Big five, Chris versus the fans. We got it all. Sit back, relax. Morgan and Chris on the way. We'll talk a little. Mike Schilt. He spoke at the winter meetings.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: All right, here we go. Uh, 221 is the time. Welcome back, Gwen and Chris. Chris Ello, Tony Gwen Jr., Matt Scraby. Together in the uh, Odyssey Palace studios here, you can listen to the program on San Diego's Finest. 97.3 The Fan. You can also watch the show, uh, YouTube, and uh, search for 97.3 The Fan. You can watch the stream of us here in the studio. And uh, this is me, and that's Tony and Scraby. We sit in a triangle formation, although it doesn't come out that way on your screen. We get asked all the time, where do you guys actually sit? Well, we all... We all sit in a chair is where we all actually sit. <laughs> Good answer. That's the best answer <laughs> I can answer. give you, but we sit in a base in a triangle formation. I am to Tony's left, Scraby is to my left, Tony is to Scrabey's left. <laughs> yeah. That's really triangle, the best I can do. of power. That's the best I can do for you. So uh, hope you enjoy on the uh, YouTube stream. I know many of you like to watch the uh, program. Now we love to uh, bring it to you. We'll be here till six o'clock today, as Tony mentioned. John Morosi from MLB Network will be joining us from Nashville. In about 20 minutes, so uh, whatever is happening at the baseball winter meetings, he will update us. Uh, Sam Levitt will also be on the program a little later today with a Nashville report. And um, circle the uh, 3.30 uh, segment today because Chris's Fantabulous Sports Game Show figures to be a doozy as uh, Tony tries to get back in the win column against Mr. Scraby. Uh, Speaking of Sam Levitt, guys, uh, well done. Nice interview, Sam Levitt, with Mike Schilt, Padre manager. Uh, He posted it online. It's on Twitter. So if you want to get... an up close and personal with the Padres' new manager, Mike Schilt. Uh, you can uh, check out that interview. Uh, go to Twitter. Uh, call, I guess, you call up uh, what ninety-seven-three the fan, or search I for that. It, You'll find um,
4: it. Yeah, next it's ninety-seven-three the fan SD. and then on on Instagram it's ninety-seven-three the fan. This
2: scenario is, by the way, and you listen, know, so no, you you hate to see you know folks leave organizations, whatnot, but this is like the best thing. That happens for a guy like Sam, who's been cultivating relationships in that dugout and that clubhouse. And Mike Schilt, being one of them, was, just, was a coach on the staff.
3: Right. He already he, knew he him. He already knew him. So yeah. that
2: leads to a good. Being interview. able to walk
3: up to Mike Schilt and go, hey, do you mind uh, hanging out with me for 10 minutes? 100%. And him more
2: than willing to do it because he's already kind you of. You know laid what I kind of. I,
3: I, I, I equate uh, Mike Schilt in one way to Matt Scravey. They're both a little disheveled. Whoa, whoa, and I whoa, really, whoa, whoa. I really appreciate that about Mike Schultz. <laughs> wait, wait huh? what? It comes off as genuine. <laughs> he, it's a genuine look, and I think for you it is as well, Scraby. It's kind of a genuine look, but disheveled. just a little, you know, hairs or hair or two's out of place. Shirt doesn't fit. It's not a tailored suit. Like he doesn't look. Nobody. Okay, Mike Schilt is not going to remind anybody of Pat Riley. No, he's comfortable. You know what I'm saying? He's comfortable in his skin. That's right. And so are you. So it (laughs) it was the best compliment I've got for you. you. I tell you what.
2: I think what the fan base will get to see over time is how competitive Mike Schilt is. A Real quick story. Early in the season, when I didn't mind getting up early, right? It's it's pretty fresh. The coaches' staff would get up. And they'd find a pickleball place wherever we were. Oh, to play pickleball. in the country, right? All right. And so, like for the first, say, two trips, I was willing to get up early and go with these guys. And I'm telling you, Mike Shill is extremely competitive. Really, extremely competitive. So
3: out, Tony. That was not out. <laughs> that <laughs> caught the line. What ex- are you looking at over there? <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. So all right. uh, I think they'll enjoy
3: that. I yeah, really I do. like I like competitive people. I definitely do. Uh, all right, so let's hear a little bit from Mike Schilt. With a Sammy Levitt today, it um, was not. I'm sorry. Oh, this, this was... part is not from Sammy. Yes, Levitt. this is his press conference. Okay, this is his press conference. Correct. Okay, thank you. All right, so you'll you'll hear some things from Mike Schilt right Wait, now. This is a
2: different press conference.
3: This is the official
4: winter meetings. Mike Schilt get together. Right. Okay. So, but there's a little okay. more. So of not
2: a... a press conference, but like the scrum they did do. There. Scrum,
4: sure. Okay. Yeah, scrum. Yes, I'm sorry, but it's you'll. I, press... I say, didn't they do a
2: press it conference here? Is it a
3: presser? Here? Is it a presser? Presser can
2: work. Okay, I don't know but about if a you go on, but if you go on.
3: If you go on Twitter, or go on Instagram, or wherever, you can find Sam's yeah, sit-down with Mike Schultz. It's can't. not a sit-down. with actually down. standing. It's a, but... a stand-up with Mike Schultz, <laughs> yes. But you can see. And uh, I, I don't know. The Disheveled will be the first word that probably comes to your mind. But again, as Tony said, Mike Schilt, very comfortable in his own skin. So I appreciate that about him. He was asked today how he believes expectations should be set entering the upcoming Padre season.
6: I love that question. We talk about expectations. So they run in a couple parallels, right? So you've got um, the expectation of, yes, San Diego. And, and, you know, let's pause for a moment to the um, legacy of Peter Seidler, who's created this um, wonderful vision for the city of San Diego. And you can create a vision, but he also supported the vision of what that can look like for us to win San Diego's first world championship and world series championship. And, you look at that and that is that is the goal. And there's gonna be 29 other managers that sit up here and say similar things that are, that are looking towards that. Um, we've also backed it up. We've got a good core of what that looks like remaining in place to make that happen. Um, I will say this, a trap that can happen, perhaps did, I don't know, all I know is moving forward how we'll think about things. If we prepare every day, Jeff asked about the schedule. We play, we play against ourselves on the schedule. We have a opponent we're gonna respect. We get an opportunity every day to get better as the season goes, better as the game goes, series goes, season goes. And so if you create an expectation of, of just continual improvement and togetherness and playing the game right, you're gonna get the best version of your club. And so one of the first things is that, and then a tangible goal. We, do, we need to be able to compete better within our division. Now, clearly, wild-card teams have historically still won World Series. We get in the wild-card, we'll take our shot at it. Um, but let's be a little more competitive consistently, which speaks to that body of work, day-by-day, brick-by-brick, that we're discussing. Those are the expectations that lead to a bigger picture expectations. And I want to make sure we're staying present and not getting escape and losing a, a vision that is out there without putting the day-to-day, brick-by-brick brick work together in.
3: One thing I believe in: if you have a a ball club and a and a season and a and, and an organization, it seems to me, Tony, that every single thing you do has to be with a championship in the back of your mind. Like every every game, I mean, preparing, uh, practicing, traveling, writing out the lineup. Car, you know, every little thing you do has to have a championship in mind. And I and I think you got to set that tone early, and I think that's Mike Schultz's plan.
2: I, I think that is a a very um, good observation um, because it's not just on the field; it it really is a all encompassing mindset, right? right? And uh, the thing that he mentioned, and by he I mean Mike Schultz, was within the division. Yeah. And, and if you think about the last two years, even in the year that the Padres did really well um, and got to the, the NLCS, the, within the division wasn't great. They weren't, you know, it wasn't just the Dodgers that they struggled with, right? It, always multiple teams in that division. And I think that's where it starts, right? Is We've talked about this before. Often we, we talk about a World Series, but you've got to crawl before you walk the division is is the is the first goal right you mean that i mean that's the first goal but it's an important goal within that championship mindset and that has seemingly come up short over the last i mean outside of the outside of these 2020 season it's come up short
3: it's not even the division so much as it's the dodgers i mean the padres i know they won the series in the playoff and that's a great feather in our cap that we will never forget but they can't beat the Dodgers in general. And that's got to they have got to start at least playing them even up. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't you, how many games are there now? 13 in the division. 13 in the you division. You can't go 3 and 10. I mean, that's hard to make up those 7 games in the standings. You you've got to go 6 and 7 at least. They've got to start beating the Dodgers. When's the, Padres, the last time they won the, the season series against the Dodgers? The Padres
2: were twenty-seven and twenty-five in the division last year. Okay, but not against the Dodgers. That has even if it's not against the Dodgers, it has to improve in general. Yeah, right. Because there's two teams that finished better than them. The Diamondbacks were twenty-nine and twenty-three in the division, and the Dodgers were thirty-four and eighteen in the division. And that's typically thirty-four. That, that number, 30, anywhere between, I think, 30 and 34 wins is usually going to get you that division. You know, and that's where the Padres, I think, have to improve. They play well against some of the best teams in, in the league outside of that, right? It was just those, and I think Mike was alluding to it, sometimes when you have that championship mindset and you're thinking about that goal, you can overlook some of the opponents that you should take care of business against.
3: Yeah, well, the Rockies would, be, uh, would fit that bill because the, the Rockies seem to beat them too many times, also during the course of a season. All right, we'll hear a lot more from Mike Schilt as the program goes along. We'll be able to sprinkle his comments throughout the show. But when we come back, John Morosi from MLB Network, very connected, very good to our program. He will join us from Nashville with the very latest on the baseball winner meetings. Stick around. It's next.
2: The Biggest Fan Contest. The court the Dennis Lynn last night. He writes, on Monday, however, it was unclear just how much the Padres were prepared to do before arriving at a resolution on Soto. They and other teams have been speaking with free agent catcher Martin Maldonado, who at age 37 should require only a modest deal. As for the San Diego's starker needs in the rotation and the bullpen, Preller referenced the previous offseason. So, um, again... Not a lot is probably going to happen until Shohei is done. And what's interesting about Shohei is because he's a two-way player, and although he won't pitch next year, there are teams that I'm sure have fully in mind that after the 2024 season, he will be back pitching, and that is going to be factored into the equation. So that's not just holding up the position player side. It's going to hold up the pitching side,
3: too. Yeah. And the other so, thing is, is a lot of guys who have uh, the Tommy John surgery seem to be stronger and better when they come back from it and actually throwing harder. I mean, there's a lot of guys that that's been the case with. There has.
2: There, and we only see those stories, quite frankly. We don't see, you don't hear about the guy who hasn't gotten back to his status level hmm. and doesn't make it, but All there right. are plenty
3: of those too. But you know, well, Shohei's I, I, agent's not going to be bringing those guys
2: up. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> I only bring that up because I, I don't want people thinking that you know, especially these young high schoolers, that Tommy John is the way to go in order to right. Let me just get Tommy John. <laughs> yeah, I'll be no, good. That's not. That's not what it is. So, um, as we've been talking about, and we'll continue to talk about when that Shohei Otani domino falls, you watch how fast things accelerate in free agency. Um, so, uh, we're waiting on... Uh, well, hurry up, Shohei, because we need something to talk about. <laughs> uh, the Yankees still appear to be um, at the top of the class in terms of this Soto. Now, the Padres are inclined, and that's the thing that I th- find um, that I think A.J. has in his back pocket, although everybody assumes that they have to trade Juan Soto and they have to do it now. I don't think he has to do it until he gets the exact deal he wants. A team like the Yankees, after a season they had last year, they aren't necessarily um, holding the cards here. Because um, as that pressure mounted, we've already heard Brian Cashman get real New York on us during this offseason. He was quite snappy in uh, that one press conference he had a few weeks back, where we couldn't
3: hear the press conference because <laughs> he, he kept was swearing. swearing. He was swearing a lot. That's a perfect way to wipe out a good soundbite <laughs> just swear through the whole thing. <laughs> Thanks, you, Brian. You won't get any airtime. No, uh, but
2: you know, I, I think that their team that it, when it, it when things start to get tight and they don't have their guy, especially a guy who's as dynamic as him, those two guys that they're holding out on. I think those guys eventually get put into the middle of the table at some point.
3: They're going to have to, because the Padres aren't going to say yes without I don't it.
2: think they will. I don't no. think
3: they will, and there's plenty of other offers out
2: there. All right, let's get to our phone lines. John Morosi MLB Network, joins us.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
2: We had him on, I believe it was last week. He's now, or two weeks ago, now he's at the winter meetings. Jonna, I would expect that at some point tonight, tomorrow, your day's going to get a little bit busier than it has been these first two.
5: Oh, yeah. And and Tony and Chris, great to be with you again. Uh, I I have a theory from having covered a lot of these winter meetings, including one in San Diego a year ago, that Tuesday night into Wednesday morning is – when things happen, if they're going to happen. And, and I, I have to make sure I'm not going to promise. I, I'm not going to promise that Otani's <laughs> going to sign tonight or Yamamoto or a Soto trade or anything like that. But I, I do think that, in my experience, everybody's been here for about 48 hours. People get a little bit restless. The, the, the media questions keep coming, and we start wondering when, when news is going to happen. Um, this is not the first time that we've had a quiet couple days to begin things. And it's my experience that usually Tuesday night and a Wednesday morning is when things get interesting. And so I'm fully expecting, my friends, that tonight it's going to get interesting. And uh, what that means, uh, we uh, we shall all find out together. As, as we like to say in Spanish, vamos a ver. We're, we're going to see.
3: We will see. Yes, indeed, John Morosi uh, for our Spanish listeners. Thank you, John. We appreciate that. Hey, uh, is Shohei Otani, should he be out of the mix for the Dodgers? Now that word has leaked out through Dave Roberts that the Dodgers met with Otani. Remember he said, or the reports are that he said he didn't want any information coming out. So do we have to hold him to his word here, or is this just wishful thinking by a Padre fan?
5: I I really, can I be honest with you here? I have no idea on this one. <laughs> uh, and, and why I say that is I, I understand that that the, the wish from Shohei's camp was to have discretion and for there to be privacy. I, I do think that in, in 2023, if you want to be a global sports icon,
3: yeah.
5: one of the most unique people in the world, that if you're traveling around and visiting with people, eventually probably people are going to find out about it. And, and if you refused to, to talk with any team that was mentioned in any media report, you'd be pretty lonely. (laughs) So I, I, I really, you know, it's again, the, the wish for privacy, I respect it. It's, you know, he, he is a person who has his own uh, criteria of, of what he wants to have happen and he has earned that right. He really has. But, but if his, if his desire is for, for no one to ever talk about what he's doing or where he's going, there are a great many careers that he could do that would afford him that level of anonymity. <laughs> He's chosen a different one, okay? He has chosen a different one. And, and it's amazing. I do find this rather funny, though. If we're really being honest here, it's amazing that through this whole process, the, the watchword has been anonymity, absolute privacy, total discretion, and then signs the contract and, oh, where's the marketing deal? Where is the marketing deal? And where are we going to make the additional income? And so it it I find it to be a little a little curious for me, but again, I I'm, I'm from a small town in the Midwest and that's kinda of how I tend to look at things. But it, it just it was a very interesting uh a bit of circumstance. And he he's gonna make a ton of money and we're all gonna be excited. And I don't think at the end of the day he's gonna get up there at the press conference and say, I was gonna sign with this team but then someone acknowledged that they had met with me and so I totally changed where I <laughs> want to be for the next 10 years based on one conversation. I I I do not believe that's the case.
2: Yeah. I don't. I, I don't either. But it, it is funny that out of all the t- I'm sure he's met with a bunch of teams, the Dodgers were the first one to say everybody else kept their mouth shut and even reluctant to even say they met with him. I found that to be kind right. of funny. It's the only time I can remember it happening in recent media time.
5: Right. it's And obviously at the end, you know, last year, I mean, it was a week ago or a year ago this week that Aaron judge made that final visit there to Petco park. And eventually we got to hear about that a little bit yeah. uh, may, may have taken a few hours, but we had heard the Padres were in there and, and they were in there at, at the end of the day. And then they made a very strong offer. And, and so we know that is all a matter of public record. And then, Several hours later, the uh, Peter Seidler pivoted and, and signed Xander Bogarts, which is just an extraordinary uh, thing for an owner to do in, in that moment. So I, I just think, uh, and again, Aaron Judge wanted there to be discretion within reason, and he got it. Yeah, there were a few did. moments during the course of the of the playoff of the the off where his meeting with the Giants became a little bit public, and and then the back and forth with the Yankees became known. And and you know what? He signed with the team he wanted to sign with. And he showed up on opening day and there was a massive ovation and everything was great. And so I'm my, i I'm sure Shoei is hearing this too. Go where you want to go, okay? D- don't make a decision about the next 10 years based on what did or did not get out through the media. This is a public forum. We, we, the people who love baseball, are in a certain way driving his salary by, by talking about him and buying tickets to go watch and play. So at, at some point, I'm not, I'm never going to say that you owe it to the public, but there also needs to be an acknowledgement by by stepping back and say, wait a minute. If no one bought a ticket, and if no one bought a streaming subscription, and if no one watched us on cable TV, there would be no money yeah. for anybody. Right. So I, I think that that sometimes in these moments we get caught up a little bit in in what what this agent or that player or that executive wants to have happen, and we I think we kind of forget that. The emotions of the fans, to be honest with you, are what keeps this whole enterprise going. And I, I, I do think that we've got to remember who's who's paying really all of our salaries at the end of the day, and that's the fans.
2: John Morosi joins us here, MLB Network. John, now I, I'm stuck asking questions about Otani because he seems to be holding up everything else that's happening. Um, considering he just had Tommy John. Ha- ha- have you heard like what teams are looking for in terms of the pitching side? Is it going to be incentive based? Are are there teams out there that fully expect him to get back on the mound in twenty twenty five? How is the pitching element working uh, for Shohei?
5: That is a great question, and I I think that the number one thing I would say is that he clearly wants to keep doing both. Okay, like it's his desire to do it. I think we gotta start there. And, and does that mean that he's gonna be a starting pitcher? Perhaps. Does it mean that he could also come back as a reliever? That's another option. There, there is probably a, a decent degree of skepticism, and it's warranted, by the way, that he's going to be able to be a starting pitcher for all of the next 10 years or even nine in the next 10 years if you take away 2024 and expect them to come back in 2025. Just look at the, look at the numbers, look at the numbers of pitchers who are still starting 30 games a year, every year when they're in their late thirties, even, even Max Scherzer, who, who is, is fanatical about his routine, the way he takes care of himself. He missed a lot of time this year. Adam Wainwright at around the age of 40, just, couldn't answer the bell anymore from a standpoint of, of giving um, consistent quality starts every fifth day. Uh, Justin Verlander has missed some time. They all miss time. It's just the reality of the human body. And so I, I think that, that that day is going to come probably at some point during this contract, Tony and Chris. So I, I think it's, it's a great question and it's an important question. The only thing that I can say is that for any of these teams that are involved, they are you cannot – Look at Shohei Otani as if he's any other player and say, I'm going to sign him if I get this return on my investment and this number of innings and this number of games played because he's, he is a brand. Yes, he's a player, but he is a brand. He is a marketing powerhouse. And, and when you add him, I would say it's almost like adding part player, part New addition to your stadium that people will want to come and watch <laughs> and, and enjoy. It's like he's he's like premium luxury seating unto himself. You know that that's that's who he is. He's he's someone that brings the people in. And, and I would say this: he brings the people in no matter if he's pitching or hitting. He's just him being on the field is what brings people in. the The question that is almost unanswerable is how it would change his value if at some point he's a reliever. And so if I'm going to buy a ticket to watch this team play, I'm buying a ticket with the expectation that I'm going to see him hit, but then I might see him pitch. But I'm not sure about that part. That, that That's the variable. And I just wonder how the value paradigm shifts to where, you know, in this day and age you could probably do dynamic pricing, you know, Tuesday's a Shohei day. We're going to increase our, our ticket prices by 15 20% because it's a Shohei Day or, or it's a special premium demand game, however you want to describe it, can you do that? Would fans like it? Probably not. But do they like having Otani on the team? Of course they do. So this, this is where it becomes an economic conversation at, at some point, and, and really it's, it's all an economic conversation. And for that reason, the additional language, and honestly this is where I'm, I'm really curious to see this, is there going to be a gap in time between the signing of the contract? And the actual, or between the, the choosing of the team and the actual pen to paper. Because think about all the different moving parts you can see here. I mean, we're going to be testing the limits of the CBA on this. Do you have some le- level of profit sharing, of, of attendance related clauses? Uh, typically, you can't do that. I, I don't know. He's so unique. I, I'm not sure what other things that we could think of that could be part of an agreement that have never been part of any previous agreement and i think that's where the, the the attorneys involved the lawyers the agents everybody they've got a lot of work ahead of them because this is this is not your standard baseball contract it's like an entertainment performer contract who who pitches and hits all at the same time
3: John, we've got a couple minutes left. I'm curious, uh, and we'll just use Otani as the example, but as one of the great reporters, uh, insiders from MLB, floating around the winter meetings, how is this story going to be broken? How are you going to find out about it? How is somebody else going to find out about it? Or is somebody going to be able to keep it silent enough to call a press conference, get everybody gathered, and go, all right, here is the team that is signing Shohei Otani."
5: Uh, it's a great question. I, I don't think it's going to be the last one. Uh, you know, in terms of it, there being a, a degree of of a cone of silence until it's actually broken. We we'd love to have it live on MLB Network. I mean, I I put that out there for for uh, for Showa's reps, and we could probably book that right now if you want to come and do it live on the air. <laughs> right. We'd love it. But um, it, it's it's also possible that is there an elaborate you know, Instagram reveal that that's going to happen? Maybe who knows? I mean, last year I. I I was really fortunate to to be able to report the Aaron Judge news to the Yankees. I only got that because I was in San Diego. I was in your beautiful city, and, and it was my wife's birthday, and I live in Michigan, so I had to get up 5 o'clock in the morning to be able to call her, wish her happy birthday before she went to work at the hospital. And lo and behold, I got a text message with some pretty good information in it, and I was able to break the story. So really – um, I mean that was that was me rolling rolling over at five in the morning in my pajamas. So it wasn't it wasn't anything. There was no like there was no like trumpets blaring and a symphony behind me. There was just rolling over, rubbing my eyes like what the heck? Oh my gosh! And I just said I called my wife and said, "Hey, thank you. You you, you basically did it. You." So um so that that was how that one broke. And I, and I I tend to think that this one will either be the most elaborate scoop and and reveal ever. Or it's going to be something like that. Probably won't be me, but it will probably be somebody who's fortunate and uh, gets the scoop, and it's going to set the whole meetings on their ear, and it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Well, John, as always, man, money when we get you on the air. I think
3: it will be you, John. Yeah. I think it's going to be you. We're, Let's hope. We're pulling I'm going to sure. keep working. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, guys. I, I, I appreciate
5: two great teammates like you guys, and uh, keep me in the loop. But Tony and Chris, anytime. Always love catching up with you.
2: All right, John. Take care. Thank you. John Morosi, MLB <laughs> Network. He's always money. Every time he yes, comes he on, he, he's awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this breaks. You're right. It, it's in today's day and age. Like you
3: can only make so many phone calls if you're a reporter. He, right. I mean, you right. can call Brian Cashman only a thousand times an hour. Right. You got to be the right guy in the right spot at the right moment with the right connection. And usually, John Morosi is one of those guys. So maybe he'll get it. We'll all stay tuned. Hour number one done hour
2: number two on deck little uh daily gambit coming your way
3: More pain for scraby as well mm.
4: not pain for me what are no, you talking it about it was painful, painful. we'll oh, explain no pain. we'll
1: explain no
4: pain no gain
1: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what